Hi, this is Claire in The Art of Life and today I'm going to talk about I just chopped a tree down and why this is a really important event for me <laughs> and why it's a, not this act in particular but why the wilding, the rewilding, the rejuvenating act of physical labour and listening to nature and discerning and being very present in the relationship that we have with nature, especially in our immediate surroundings, why this is really key even to women, art and sex, um, as my website is now called. Um, so um, you'll see if you're looking at the video and um, photo version of this which will be on my website or on a, a separate post in the Hive community um, you'll see the size of the tree <laughs> and I'm going to go a little into the detail of, of the physical operation and um, I'm sitting here uh, <laughs> quite aching um, quite quite um, sweaty and, and windswept there was a great deal of wind which had a lot to do with uh, the tree coming down in the end listening to the wind and um, I actually pushed the tree down in the end um, after sawing it the, it's been a bit of an epic um, operation getting the tree down and it feels really special because I know these trees they're not that old they're acacia trees and they're a, a very aggressively invasive species, very fast growing, like ridiculously large for only being a few years old. Um, massive thorns on the sides of them. They make good honey, um, but they are very rapidly marching into the gardens below the Via Dietro Iorti. That means that if somebody doesn't keep them in check, <laughs> um, they're going to start really just completely taking over and they're heavily acidifying the soil beneath them and once they're rooted it's very hard to get them out really chopping them down is probably not a solution it's a temporary um band-aid on the situation but also that wasn't my main incentive my main incentive was firewood and um, we're getting to the part of the year where it's just started to get cold and I've used up a lot of the wood that was hanging around from when the big pine tree fell down and I dragged a lot of wood up from there. Um, and yeah, I need to be thinking about the next cycle, even next year, so I need a good store of logs that are going to have time to dry out, mature, be ready for next year, now that I've got a big super stove. Super stufa. So, um, the process of sawing the tree down, I've thought about it for a long time. It's on a plot of land that belongs to a neighbour. And I've got a, a very vague agreement about chopping them down through his manager, his kind of workman, who's been taking care of his house. He's like, yeah, 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 whatever, go down and chop them down if you have to. I don't know if they've even been down to the third tier of the garden, the third level of the garden. But I, I had a kind of calling to go and begin it. I kept thinking, yeah, but how can I chop that tree down? It's very big um, and I've only got a wee saw. I don't have a chainsaw or a a power saw um which saves the muscles of pulling it back and forwards 
the uh, a diesel. Um, so my my saw is not very big, not very sharp, but I do know enough about saws to know that if one goes about it uh, in a methodical and intelligent way and is careful about um, the kind of force and strain one is using, uh, one can chop, even if one is rather small, one can chop down a tree. (laughs) Um, I'm also aware of the dangers of chopping down the tree. This is a a bloody big heavy thing and and if it had fallen on me, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here (laughs) right now laughing about it. Um, But the beauty about um, the process of it was... Um, going about it really organically and femininely, um, not borrowing a chainsaw, not asking a man to help me, going down with my little hatchet, my little hatchet that I've recently fixed and made a post on Hive about, and um, my D saw, my my hand saw, and a pair of gloves, and a couple of stones and a branch that I used to, <laughs> to leverage once I'd done a lot of sawing and had a space to put the stone in to help it not fall onto the side which I was working from. Um, Very important aspect of chopping trees down. I'm sure that uh, many of folk have failed having not considered is that you need to know which side the tree is going to fall. Um, I was working intuitively on the the wall side of it where it goes up to the next tier which is high high above me, about three metres, two and a half, three metres above. Um, So... I could I could guess that if the tree did fall uh, that way, it would hit the top of the wall rather than hitting me and hit the next level rather than hitting me and there would be a it would be at an angle and um I was concerned that it might fall like immediately down, that it might go like vertically down, um, as might be the case if it if the wind caught it and or it swung the bottom of it swung out when it fell or or something like that, or if anything was up touching the top of the tree that it would be knocked off its centre and come towards me. So I was very just kind of feeling into like what would be, what could the potential danger of this be and, and how can I mitigate that and and like work around it. So at the beginning, I'm just like sawing and sawing from one side and from the other side and the, from this side again and that side. And I'm I'm taking into account, I'm listening to the tree and having respect for it and knowing that I'm killing it rather than it killing me and asking for harmony in that, asking for peace in that, asking for its sacrifice and blessing it and thanking it for its time and for what I'm taking from it, for the gifts that it's bringing to me, for the heat that's going to essentially warm my house, cook my food, keep my cats and me alive, keep the house blessed in the winter. And also the consciousness that's coming from the tree, um, that's something that kind of came up and through in waves, which sort of, it felt like I was coming into this multidimensional relationship with the tree that I've had some very strong relationships with tree before, trees before. And uh, I might have spoken or not on podcasts here about the falling of the, the great pine tree, these two very iconic large pine trees in front of our houses here in the medieval quarter that have been around for at least a couple of hundred years because there's a a photo of them looking as big as they are now over a hundred years ago so I'm pretty sure they've they've been a good a good old couple of centuries old um 
and yeah when when it fell down I, I actually I heard it but I didn't hear it hear it I woke up out of my sleep with the noise but felt the noise in my in the depths of my being rather than actually thinking oh that's a really loud noise a tree must have fallen down so I actually felt it in my being and I had a very strong sense of like actually felt it breaking like something completely breaking like it was very clear I felt it in my in my whole torso as it were in my energetic body and I was really like surprised and shocked woken up by it and thinking what could that possibly be like what on earth could be happening that I'm feeling that something old cracking and I was asking I was saying what is this what is it and I had a very clear transmission of consciousness from the tree or and or Gaia Sophia saying like the old must break in order that the new can come through which was an incredible omen way back when was it at the start of I think it was two years ago at the start of all this lockdown and madness and everything um so um this was a very different relationship with the tree this wasn't a tree that I loved and sat under and um taken the medicine from and respected and this was a tree that's an invasive species that I have a, a personal interest in resources from it for my home so I'm very aware of the contractual exchange in it and also of the fact that if I'm not fully respectful of this tree that has been growing there for about five years I think five or six years maybe um at least five years maybe um maybe longer maybe actually maybe it's been like about eight years or something I honestly um, would have to look back at old photos of the gardens but um I'm very aware that if I'm not being fully sentient about what I'm actually doing first of all just from the physical point of view something could easily go very askew but also from the point of view of having respect for this tree and for what it's gifting to me respect for the land and what's come up through the tree what's being transmitted and exchanged and transformed and how that is being gifted to me and how these are resources that I'm going to use well and be be blessed for and give blessings in return for um and as I began to work of course then I'm getting into the whole um sweat equity and the the exchange of of muscle and sweat and effort and heart racing and strain and aching aching joints um in order to get this firewood and in order to get beyond this big challenge of the tree being very big heavy hard um the the saw one does not make with a with a desaw one does not make just a clean slice all the way through um because the the cutting of the wood uh the the saw blade becomes trapped the further in it goes and it's important to clear that trappedness and make space so essentially one has to create a wedge-shaped hole if not all the way around then at least one side um, to allow the 
the the saw to actually get in there to make it comfortable and, and also um excuse me drinking my cuppa also um again it's important to to be aware of uh if I was taking a chunk out of the the side where it looks like it would fall it looks like the weight of the tree was leaning more towards that weight the point of balance if I was cutting more from that side um first I would risk the danger that it might fall on that side so I was chopping uh, sawing all the way around and sawing out a a kind of wedge-shaped hole all the way around um I'm working I was working at a height of around my elbow because that's you know just the most comfortable height which I can because it's really hard work sawing horizontally um, if it was any higher up, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the physical force for it. it. Has to be like at the the line of my elbow. So listening to my own body, listening to the height of the tree, asking the tree for permission, asking the earth for permission, asking the wind for permission, asking us all to work together, trying to be in harmony with it by just listening energetically, listening. And I actually actually took about not three whole days, but I was <laughs> sawing. Um, the circumference would be what um, the diameter of the tree was around um, I don't know what this size is that I'm holding my hands up about 20 centimetres or more 25 centimetres or, or so um, the the starting of a task is um Like the starting of a task intuitively when one's called to do a thing is, is very interesting and very different from going about it aggressively. Or um, carelessly. So I was actually sawing away all the way around it for a, a, a good few sessions, maybe about four or five sessions altogether. Um, and I usually couldn't do it for much more than an hour. That was that was really pushing it, um, and I would have to stop and take breaks um, a lot. And um, yeah, sometimes it was very difficult to get, especially the the closer I got to the center of it, the tree's much softer on the outside. The bark of the acacia is very soft, and then it's very easy to make the first few cuts. But then getting deeper and deeper into it, like it's more there's more work to get into it because I have to cut like a a slice going uh, mostly on the vertical on the bottom thing but then a slice coming in a bit higher up to try and uh, keep the space make this wedge-shaped space um so yeah this final day I, I got the calling by <laughs> I'm not sure what it is exactly calling me but I just get a sense like a felt sense of being down in by the tree and that today was the day to have it come down and I only did about half an hour of work on it actually before it came down and it was, it was just the most beautiful, like very moving process, actually, of, of bringing the tree down, of knowing um, the, the couple of sessions I'd done beforehand, I'd been quite nervous about it because I was nervous about where it might fall down. Um, and that I was being, I was nervous that I was being careless and I was asking, you know, I'm just, I'm putting care into it. I'm being careful. I'm listening to the tree. I'm quieting my mind. I'm quieting my, my body. I'm trying not to go into it. Um clumsily trying to just keep keep listening and also listening to the fact that it was a very windy today 
day-to-day um not so much on this side of the town but in the top of the town there was like howling gales it was really dramatic it's quite a thing to experience in the medieval quarter of walking up the the stone streets and and hear the wind whistling about rooftops and not even being able to feel much wind down below but the the roar of it coming through tiny little streets and up and down you know moving through all the houses and also the, the very possible danger that a a tile or a stone could roll off a roof. So <laughs> um, people here tend to use stones on top of tiles often to keep them fixed to the roof. So yeah, it was quite a, a hairy uh, walk up to the shop today. But uh, round in our side, there were just a few gusts and I could hear it coming and I was listening and thinking, okay, this might be the moment. I know I'll get a sound from the tree. I know that the tree will make a noise just before it breaks because it has to crack 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 before it falls so um it's not making a cracking noise because I'm still cutting horizontally and and I'm I'm wanting it to make a cracking noise and I was thinking I'm getting I'm really I've cut a lot in it it must have a very strong center and ev- evidently it does the the acacia and um yeah I got to this point I mean this this was just it's the first time I've chopped down a big tree and I've done a lot of gardening in my life and a lot of, lot of even like moving land, moving big stones, building things, um, chopping wood, etc. But this is the first time I've taken down, you know, a really tall tree. I don't know how many metres it is, but it's like way towering above the next tier of the garden and then up a bit. And from my house, actually, my house is way, way up, all the three tiers up and then on the, the floor above, looking down in the street like so it's really far down uh, far above and the tree's really far down but it, it blocks my view of the um in the summer when it has leaves it blocks my view of the waterfall and um, so it's a good size it must be at least it's more than four meters maybe five or six meters high um or 10 meters I don't know it's just a big tree who knows I've got a picture of the cat on it to give it a, an idea so anyway, this um, the point where it's coming to, okay, there were a few very strong gusts of wind and, and I could actually see a bit of movement in the tree. Like the movement, the tree's naturally moving, but I could see in the wedge that I cut out, the bit above and the bit below that were partly detached from each other, I could see the movement of the top moving more than the bottom. So it's very evident that, you know, if it's got that much movement, it can be um, pushed. And but it's not going to get pushed like I was I was feeling it from below and feeling if there was any push in it, if there was any noise. And actually, I could feel um, I heard a tiny crack and then and then I heard another crack when there was a gust of wind and I was pushing at the same time, listening to the tree, feeling where it was moving and then pushing it. Um, But really pushing from the bottom was not going to have anything like the force that would have if I would push from up higher up. And because the next tier is like at least two or three meters higher up I decided to climb up there and I took a big stick which is not quite well it was almost perfect length but just a wee bit it could have been a bit longer would have been easier but I reached right out with this massive big another part of the acacia tree a different acacia tree a young one that I'd cut down which was um, about 10 or 12 centimeters in diameter in the middle of it but it had a a thicker end and a thinner end and I reached out from the top of the the next 
level of the garden, the next piano of the garden and pushed and I, I felt it moving. The tree was moving backwards and forwards and I could hear some little cracks starting to happen. And I could feel the wind. So I was just like, you know, like I wasn't going to start pushing it on, just pushing it and pushing it. Um, I had to wait until I was I, like just rocking it back and forwards a little and it was starting to make cracks and I was very careful a bit like when you're sitting on a swing as a child and you're using your legs you're kicking them up to move you forward and then pulling them back as you go backwards and the weight of your legs moves with the momentum and makes you swing higher and higher back and higher forward so I was just carefully using the energy of that the wind catching the tree the tree was already moving by itself just in the wind so I was working with the momentum of that and pushing forward when it was going forward, then letting it move back by itself, but keeping a handle on it so it wasn't going to come back to me <laughs> and um, crash, not on top of me, but it would have crashed at an angle and some branches and it's got very big spikes on it so that I wouldn't want that to be like in any way interacting with my head or torso in any way. Um, so I'm very careful that I'm using the stick to to leverage the natural momentum of the tree going that way and push it on the because I know that as long as I can keep it push it more that way that like one two three like when I've got it on the third swing like heading like pushing it I knew that it would just tip it and once it gets beyond the tipping the breaking point where the weight of the tree above is more than the tolerance the tension that it can hold itself in the center of itself still attached to the tree I knew it would go and it ended up falling in the most perfect position. It was amazing, really like, ah, just beautifully. And I, I don't know that it would have landed in that perfect position if it hadn't, if I hadn't been so listening to it and respectful and listening to my own sentience, my own body as well, and my own vitality, like not straining beyond my own vitality, not, not just to not hurt my muscles, not just to not exert myself too much, but because I am the tree, I am Gaia Sophia, we're all one, we're working as a unit and we're, we're either working against each other and yeah, there's a sense of like a transactional, aggressive, um, stealing sense that I'm taking the tree, but I'm not because I'm listening to it and I'm working with it, I'm asking for permission, I'm in gratitude and I'm working naturally so I'm not like hacking away at it underneath it um, clumsily, you know, causing it to fall on me and being in tension with it. I'm literally listening to the movement of the wind and the movement of the tree and doing as best as I can. I know that I'm not, I'm not like a, a well-trained Aboriginal woman that has had all the whispers of union with all things come down into me but I'm damn well doing my best to go in that direction and I'm doing it by having the humility but also having the confidence of going into a task like this and recognising how profoundly significant it is that I dare to do this myself that I dare to listen to the wind that I dare to listen to the tree that I dare to ask for what I need and have it come to me I ask for wood and it doesn't come free. It doesn't magic up at my door. It it comes through me taking action 
through going down when I'm called, like not just going down when I'm like, I need my wood now, I'm going to go and get it, but going down when I'm called and um, and making the effort. Um, I'm not that strong physically. Um, <laughs> I mean, I am an anamant, but I'm not that strong in the sense of being able to do big physical labour for long periods because I'm not built for that. Um, I mean, I would carry a baby on my hip would be one thing, but like sawing wood, chopping down trees, carrying big heavy things long distances, that's not what my body's um, symbiotic with and in harmony with. But I do like to push myself every now and again from not being in too sedentary a, a lifestyle and not being too disconnected from nature and having taken for granted things like electricity, buying wood from a shop, um, consuming rather than creating. And again, I, I've, I say this so many times, but and I really, really go on about this in my Living in Gift course or transmission on the livingingift.com website. But the, the difference between transaction and having our sweat equity go into the system rather than the sweat equity going into nature and interbeing with nature, these are two very, very different things. You know, going to the shop and buying tronchetti, a little, a little box at a time of um, little compacted sawdust things from, from wood waste, probably from some industry, which is a great way of using up resources from the industry. But how far have these things travelled? What's inside them? What, what's holding them together? Is it just compaction that's holding them together? Are there chemicals in there? What's it putting into the air? What's it putting into my house and the air in my house? Um, the distance it's travelled from the place where the wood's taken to the place where the wood's processed to the place where the wood processed deposits are picked up and harvested and to them getting made into their little tronchetti put in a box shipped to the the distribution center shipped to the um diy store in this town me driving up there buying them driving back getting to the piazza getting my trolley out putting a stack of boxes on my trolley and getting them down to my house that's a really different journey not just a different relationship, but it's a very different journey than me walking down the very steep steps down to the bottom of the gardens, getting the wood be in a very physical way, in a very interact physical and meaningful way, breathing fresh air, um, being in the private, in the private space, the beautiful private space of me being in nature and being divinely inter- acting with nature in, in an, a, an actual living relationship with nature um, getting all the benefits and wisdom from that and the physical exercise not that I wouldn't get physical exercise picking up the tronchetti but there's this is a much more symbiotic full-bodied um, exercise of sawing maneuvering um, pushing working with the weight of the tree and pushing it down with it eventually with a big stick um <clears throat> there I'm forced into working with the tree in a way that allows me to to work my whole being rather than just my transactional being and my whole body rather than just picking up in a more mechanical way 
putting on a trolley and wheeling down and lifting up and putting down a, a square box of things moving along a horizontal surface, surface driving a car. Um, just really interesting how different, how different and how gymnastic and aerobic and fresh air the thing is um, getting the wood from the actual, directly from the place where it's, where it is wood and where it was a tree and then it's turning into wood um, and being in that co-creative um, relationship of making a thing into wood, making it wood rather than it just being a tree just sitting there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much... Um, I'm very tired, physically tired, from from doing this. Um, the tree is has not been chopped into logs yet. <laughs> All I've done so far is it's on its side, it's on the ground, and I've chopped two big branches from it and taken them up to the the my cantina, which is a gallery, <laughs> my cellar, uh, my old stable, which is a gallery as well. So it's a gallery and a wood store. Um, and they're just lying there, or some are vertical from that I got before. But two big ones are lying there, um, waiting for the next uh, when I one afternoon when I'm feeling a bit chilly and I need to do some exercise, I'll go down and chop some wood. Um, so yeah, again the the gifts of the thrill of chopping down a, a good sized tree and knowing that I will be warm for a long time when when the not just when I'm chopping it but when the logs are are finally ready to be used in my fire um that's an amazing thing that is an amazing beautiful thing and to know that there was no transaction involved and that I'm actually doing something useful for the garden owner and for the gardens themselves which is more important frankly um in terms of of making space for a more diverse, rather than this invasive species, a more diverse species to be there. I'm also opening up these these trees have a um, a habit of of making a very dense closed uh, forest that doesn't allow much to grow underneath it, um, which means that it also blocks the light and blocks the view and sort of takes over everything. It's like a very taking over kind of a, a plant. Um, at the same time, I'm sure it has many qualities, especially acacia honey, but there don't seem to be any beekeepers in this immediate vicinity that I know of. Um, so I couldn't, I, I would, I would be pretty sure that I wouldn't be taking away from any, um, might be taken away from the natural bees, but there's a real host of wild and other plants growing nearby and actually this is this will be making space for a more diverse uh, kind of tree to be growing down there um, like there's a big fig to the edge there's a big plum tree that's been very much retarded in its growth and got a bit diseased because it's um, been overtaken by these other big trees and it's very uh, like hasn't got any light in the summer um, or not enough light for it so um yeah, at the same time, um, it's not that I have to justify what I've done by it, it being positive in every sense, 
I think it's really important to understand that um, like a right relationship doesn't have to be this kind of perfection. Like there can be things that are wrong about it too. You know, maybe my agreement with the owner of the gardens was a wee bit loose and I didn't really talk directly to him. Or he kind of fobbed it off and said, we'll talk about it later. But I did speak to his worker guy who was saying, yeah, 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 well, yeah it's fine, just chop them all down. Um, and <laughs> so I probably, and I'm not on best terms with the, the owner of the gardens, but, oops, my hair will not stay. Um, but so there's, you know, it's entirely, it's entirely possible that there's something a wee bit, a wee bit dishonourable there, or not dishonourable, just like a wee bit, um, you know, things could have been done a wee bit more cleanly and neatly. Um, but there's certain priorities and the priority of relationship feels really important. Like I need exercise, I need warmth. Um, the trees are a pain in the arse for the rest of the plants down there. And they are, once they take over, they're just going to march further along there and they're going to absolutely get into everybody's gardens. Really hard to get rid of once they've settled in. And um, I'm serving nature and serving the gardens. And um, I know that I tread on people's toes sometimes. I know that I'm a bit of a pain in the ass neighbour sometimes um, because people here have got very particular ideas about how land belongs to them, even if they, it doesn't f technically belong to them, they have very strong ideas about, but my grandmother worked it for 50 years and these are my fruit trees. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not chopping down fruit trees. These are acacia trees. It's an invasive species and blah, 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 blah. Um, but bringing it back to just, um, like life is really messy and it's not that... Um, like doing the right thing and being in right relationship is, and being in a symbiotic relationship with nature and being in our full vitality and learning and being in wisdom and so on um, and embodied wisdom and keeping ourselves well and healthy and, and warm. Um, it's not about always doing things like rightly and perfectly and being the good, um, perfect little angel person it's often what I feel, what it feels like to me, what it feels like when I'm doing it is, um, it's like there's a, there's a priority of, of my priority is obviously I have to be warm in the winter. The house has to be warm and I have to get wood. I don't have a huge amount of income, so it's not the kind of thing. And also practically it would be very hard to get a, a load of wood to my house there's not many people I think who would actually deliver it to here and it would have to be delivered to the lower door which would mean a massive set of stairs <laughs> and it couldn't really be like dumped at the top of the street because it would block the street and it couldn't really be dumped in the piazza because it'd be too far away to come up and down and bring it here so I couldn't really get a big trailer load you know and a big trailer load would would mean that by the time I, I went up and down and up and down, somebody probably would have stolen half of it or whatever. <laughs> Firewood is like gold here, so especially in the medieval quarter. Um, so there's something about, I'm not just doing it to save money. I'm not just doing it because it's just because it's there, but I am doing it because it's there and I can do it. And that in itself is like, bing, 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 sweet spot. Number one thing that I could be doing right now in my life. I'm sitting down, I'm... I'm cranky, a bit stiff from sitting down, sitting at the computer a lot. 
and a bit like cross-eyed from looking at the screen and typing and like, oh, and I need to do something <clears throat> to balance that, to antidote it even. And that's when I often get, you know, I, I have that need and my need is answered by nature. Nature calls me because I have the need and we have that symbiotic relationship. And also I'm willing to to make the move, to make the effort to go, <laughs> to go there. Um, and I just realised I didn't put that on. I didn't put my phone on, do not interrupt. And there we go. It's on, do not interrupt. <laughs> um it's the the symbiotic relationship of all things where there's only one way for me to go, you know, at that point where my arms are aching from typing and I feel like I've been breathing shallowly because I've been concentrating hard on what I'm writing and my eyes are a bit squiffy and, like, there's only one place that I can go and that's outside, so out I go. And I need to do something physical. So I want to go down into the gardens. What can I do in the gardens? What needs done? You know, what's the priority? What absolutely needs done? Those acacia trees are tramping all over the garden and they're going to wreck it. They're going to wreck all the wild part of the garden and take over completely and make a really big forest. And once they get to a certain height, there's no stopping them. <laughs> the only way is for them to come down. So, and I, need, and I need firewood. I need to be on top of the firewood, not just for this year, which we're in the really cold months now relatively speaking I am living in southern Italy <laughs> but I'm, I need to be ready for um, next year as well you know I don't want to be rushing around at the last minute it's good to have at least a little stock of wood for um, for when it's wet for long periods and if I don't have any money at all <laughs> like if, if fiat, cur fiat currency really does go completely tits up um, pear shaped um, so this is, it, it gets very complicated explaining why, why this story, like why this activity of chopping wood, it's not just chopping wood in inverted commas. It's not just me gathering firewood. This is a calling. It's a calling and it's a calling that fits into everything else. Um, it doesn't necessarily fit into the the square-minded, transactional thinking and polemical thinking of the average person here, but in my natural living and vitality and relationship with nature, my private, real relationship with nature, this is the only thing that I have to do today. This is the only thing that is needing and calling me and needing done, like needing to be done, um, I'm not doing it just to get free wood. You know, It's there's much more in it than that. And the subtle stuff that I'm picking up whilst I'm doing this, whilst I'm doing this work, the subtle job of, the subtle work of coming and going from it, of letting it be when I've done too much, of coming back to it again and again until it's done, um, of having the commitment to it, of knowing that it's dangerous, and that I could be injured or killed doing this, but also knowing that I'm not stupid and trusting the trust between me and the tree, asking it to come down well, knowing to put a stone, a wedge stone in this side of it and also a wedge wood, wedge wood? On this side of it, behind me, the wall, knowing that it, if it does fall and hit the, the higher tier, 
that at worst I would just get bumped by it but I, I wouldn't end up with it on me like actually landing on me it's a huge amount of weight of wood <laughs> I definitely wouldn't want it landing on me um but but engaging with that like this is what wakes up the human spirit this is what makes me know that I am natural and know that I am part of this when I'm listening to using a big long uh, younger trunk of an acacia to push against the top of the not the top of the tree about halfway up it from the higher tier um like pushing and listening to the wind and waiting for the next big gust of wind and knowing that the wind will help to push it you know the wind won't blow it down itself but me working with the wind will all of these things are are waking up my natural essence they're waking up my pelvis because I'm using my whole body including my pelvis um they're helping me come into equilibrium not just with the physical reality of the tree and the balance of it but I'm having to listen to that balance and listen to the tree and listen to what the tree is saying, what the movement of the tree is saying, what the physical weight of the wood is saying to me. You know, when I started sawing it, I was looking up at it and I'm like, yeah, it's just a big tree. I've got no idea how big it is. But the, the longer I worked at it, the more I got a sense of how strong the trunk was and how I was working all the way to the middle of it. Um, I could have not done it I could have not done the task I could have not embraced the tree I could have just left all my interactions with all the trees in the in the gardens I could have just not done any of it and the gardens would be a hell of a lot more jungly than they are now and a hell of a lot more out of out of kilter than they are now and they would probably end up being a dumping ground because people love a bit of wild nature to dump shit in <laughs> in this part of the world and um instead people have been taking on board the gardens and the gar the gardens directly below my house where the, these trees actually are have recently been bought up and they've actually been cleared but they didn't clear the acacias down the bottom which is a shame both for them and for the ground that it's on um so i i feel personally i know that the wisdom around being called to do something because it it needs doing it once doing I'm getting called to it and like it it's doing more than it's doing more than it more than the transaction there's still at some level there is a transaction in the whole thing but it's a much more holistic transaction so it's not just me taking it's not me consuming there is an, an essence of me taking the thing and using it and using it well but it's not in the same way of of like soulless, heartless consuming. Um, and I, I know where the resources come from. I know where they're going. Um, I'm, I'm exchanging my sweat for this. I'm exchanging my love, my energy, my um, prayer for this. And... There are many more subtle layers that come into my sentience that are being transmitted to me as I held my hands over the, the cut and thanked the tree, as I sat with it and just felt it, felt looked and observed it and took in the beauty of it, took in the resources of it, the scale of it, the 
work that it will take to turn it into logs and carry it up to my house. Um, there's much more to come. There's more adventure to be had by um, the actual processing, as it were, of this tree. And um, yeah, I come out of it um, with a, a more holistic sense of, of what I am and who I am. Um, I could have been lazy and lazier <laughs> and um, not done the physical work, but I didn't. I did the physical work. I could have stopped at the first session and thought that took bloody ages I'm not going to do more of that I could have stopped at the second se session thinking it's just taking too long I'm wasting loads of time and like how much is my time worth and is it worth it and I could have started measuring things and counting out my hours and and I could have stopped and not gone down there today I could have stayed in and done painting in my studio or doing a blog or a podcast but I had a sense of doing this and I had a sense of doing doing this, talking about it. And so I've done all that and it's um there's an enrichment that I hope I hope radiates out ultimately. <laughs> the enrichment isn't just the the resource that I now have and my having got warm by doing the exercise and being that little bit fitter, that little bit um more capable, but there's also like mentally and emotionally knowing that I can do a thing, setting my mind to a big task that, you know, maybe if it was a bigger tree, it would have been a bit stupid. <laughs> it would have been a bit really hard to saw down. But this is relatively soft wood. It's a relatively manageable size of trunk. Um, and the, the labour is not, it's not like a, it's not a suffering or a punishment. It's it's a, a beautiful exercise of working when I want to work and then resting when I need to rest and, um, and getting the reward from it and also still getting a little bit of a sore back. But just there's something about how the, the wholeness of the whole experience is an incredible, not a compensation, like a reward for having put the effort in, in a way that the transactional nature of buying the boxes from the shop or buying wood in wouldn't have the same symbiosis. So, <laughs> blessings, yeah, much, um, much energy moving, um, and I and light coming into the gardens, light even from this huge panoramic view that I have from the house. There's a lot of light there, but now I can see down to the river as well. Not the river, the Rochello, the little trickle that goes down there. But that's a, that's a really important thing for me, to be able to see the stone wall and see the the edges of the tiers of the waterfall as it comes down. Um, I love being able to see that, and I love being able to hear it. You don't hear it as much when there's lots of trees in front of it. So that that's important, you know, and keeping the landscape open, um keeping the light open down in the bottom of the gardens, even for my neighbour, you know, even for the fact that his garden is less overgrown now. <laughs> Bless him. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm doing a live painting workshop every Wednesday 
do come and join that if it if it works for your time in the world. We do it at eleven a.m. Rome time, and we do four p.m. Uh, Rome Rome time, Rome in Italy time. And uh, I'm also really excited that if if you've been following me for a while, you might know that I had an online art school. And uh, with everything that's unfolded in the last few years, I'm just radically changing how I share my work in the world and very excited about having changed my, have three websites. It's a bit excessive, I know, um, but I have a website for my art. I have a website for living in gift, which I'm really passionate about supporting people to come out of the system, out of the conventional fiat currency entrapment and slavery and stepping into the freedom of being in a much more symbiotic if not completely out the system or completely not using fiat currency conventional money but uh, allowing yourself to delve into the freedom and riches of not having a conventional life or job or wage I'm really excited about that but I've also begun this um I've changed my my third website, which is it was House for Sale Guardia. My house might still be for sale, but um, I haven't had any serious interest in it so far, and I I just decided that yeah, it feels better to have the space, the website used for for this purpose instead. So I used to run an online art school, and I've just completely changed the way I work with creativity and co-create with others. And how that's um, going out in the world, how I share it in the world. And I, I loved what I had. I loved the content of the School of Real Art. But it just was too clunky and transactional. It was huge. Like, it was really big. It had like 65 videos and worksheets and like all these modules and stuff. But it just, <clears throat> it just didn't have the energy and confidence that I have in myself now that I know I can transmit something much more effective and simpler too. I think it got too bulky and uh, confusing. And I took it down offline a couple of years ago. It used to be on the Teachable platform. So I also want to bring everything down into my own spaces rather than them being on a on, a, on an external sort of agency um, site. So I'm very excited. I'm going to be revisiting the content and making it more up-to-date and more in the dynamic vitality and... Um, rooted conscious or consciousness of what I'm doing right now <sighs> so yeah artsovereignty.com really really excited to be starting working on that very soon and um, until then I'll see you in a painting session um, and if you want to support my work see me on patreon Claire Galloway on patreon or on hive blessings and love and all good things to you Ciao.